0: Okay, we are live here on the Edlo podcast. Subscribe, 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 as I always say. And I have a special guest today. I have Robert Schaefer, aka Joe Vickers, aka Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration.
1: <laughs> I was getting ready to jump in and do it, but you beat yeah. me to it.
0: Ah, I should have let you. That would have been awesome.
1: Bob uh, Vance, Vance Refrigeration.
0: That's right, <laughs> man. So, um, I'm really grateful that you, you took the time to come in and, and speak with me because um, I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, the Office is something, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I don't know of any other show that people watch to like fall asleep to. You know what I mean? Like, like, they'll just leave it on. It's like a comfort food.
1: You yeah. know? Yeah. I've heard you that know? a lot.
0: Yeah. What is it about The Office that you think that that, that is? I mean, it's so restreamable, you know?
1: I, the jokes are still funny even though you know they're coming you've seen them I mean uh for me Seinfeld's much the same way I yeah. mean you know the joke you've heard it a million times but it's still funny so yeah. that's that's kind of where we live with the show and um uh, you know there's a lot of uh a lot of soap opera in that series as well you know I used to say that back in the beginning I mean people were crazy about Jim and Pam you know jam yeah. Yeah, obsessed with Jam. When are they going to get together? Uh, okay. You know, so uh, we rode that for a while. But uh, you know, there's a lot of bittersweet uh, human moments in it. And it's very relatable to this day. Of course.
0: yeah, it is. And you know, it, it's it's interesting because Jim and Pam they had their love story, but at the same time, also Bob and Phyllis had theirs, and it kind of intertwined. Like we had the Valentine's Day. <laughs> episode where you guys all went out to dinner and then you know you uh you disappeared to the bathroom together
1: <laughs> well we were having a dessert before dinner yeah know what i mean know what i mean uh, I do. that's a funny story because when we shot that scene you know i when i first read it i was like oh man i would never do that bob would never do this you know but then i was like i oh, know it's funny yeah so we were having a great time doing it. And then the end of it, we go into the bathroom and Phyllis and I are in there with the sound guy and they say, okay, make noise. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we make all this grunting and groaning and we're, we're trying not to laugh, you know, uh, Phyllis and I, and, uh, they make a, it goes on for like a full minute, you know, and, I said to her between takes, I said, "You realize they're only going to use maybe two seconds of this. <laughs> that they're they're just out there laughing at us. They're listening, you know. They're they're having to go on and on because they're having fun with us. So, you know, that was a very funny moment."
0: Oh man, you know, uh, one of the things that I think also resonates um, with the Office is it seemed as though all of the actors really were friends and and really enjoyed each other uh there was a camaraderie there when you talk when you hear people talk about the office everybody seems to have had fond memories of being there and has that been was that your experience as well
1: oh oh yeah i mean well the uh way that it was shot demanded it right It, it wasn't like a normal film or tv show where people shoot their scene they go sit in their trailer for a while and and uh, then they come back and work again later when you're in there you're in there right Mm -hmm. so uh because the camera sees 360 at all times so once you're in the scene you're in the scene so you know (laughs) i used to drive people crazy because they would they would want to leave you know and they would be stuck in what we call deep background, <laughs> which, you know, there was no extra. There was no extra coming to sit in your your spot. You you were sitting there no matter what, even though you were, you know, just barely in it. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, I think the camaraderie had to do with the fact that it was an underdog show to begin with. And there were no stars on the show. Everybody was, you know, a character actor for the most part and you know, very solid performers though. I mean, the talent ran very deep on that show. I mean, uh, Oscar for instance, an amazing actor, watch him in the proposal, the film he did with Sandra Bullock. He, he he pretty much steals that movie. Uh, he, he plays the waiter in it. (laughs) I mean, every time, every time he's on, on scene, he, he just owns the movie. Uh, but talent to burn, you know, and Kevin and, and Brian Baumgartner, of course. I mean, all everybody. And uh, Phyllis, of course, was the casting director on the show.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't know that. They, oh, yeah, they put her in. And mm-hmm. that was a huge life changer. In fact, um, I had read for her uh, maybe three or four years before that, where she was the casting director, and I went in. I was reading for a part in a, in a show about Elvis (laughs) and I remember it because I was friends with the executive producer and I felt like, you know, I've got this part locked up and then I, I just was terrible. (laughs) I mean, I stunk, I stunk the joint up. I mean, I was embarrassed really. And uh, so I was glad she didn't remember that. (laughs) Because when, uh, when I went up, you know, when I was up for the office, um, I, I uh, waited a couple of weeks to get a call back. And when I went in, there was a bunch of guys there, of course. And uh, she I feel like she made the she made the decision. But mm. you know, I, I think the director uh, and the producer obviously would take credit or, or blame. <laughs> De- well, depending on depending on who you ask.
0: Well, you know, and this is what's interesting. So I I think I told you off I did tell you off air, um, that I've taken some acting classes myself in college and stuff like that as part of just right. you know, I had some extra credits to burn. And one of the things that I found really interesting is when you when you have a character that you're gonna play, they always wanted you to kind of fill in your own backstory. And there were some things we know about Bob Vance, you know, uh he had military background, owned Vance refrigeration. Uh I always felt he kind of had a little bit also of like almost like a a mob boss in him a little bit maybe it was just that episode where they had all the guys come together because it was a parking lot issue it felt like it was like the mafia coming together i don't know but.
1: well that's a direct mafia reference the five families the right the five the five families in new york that's you know that's we were doing the five families to scranton uh you know i've heard that a lot i mean i never really incorporated that i i always saw bob moore as a straight shooter you know mm-hmm. uh, they were making him more wicked <laughs> yeah you, you know that's uh, that's what the writers do you know for instance i never uh drank in any of the at any of the parties right mm-hmm. and so then uh phyllis has a uh, talking ahead where she says we were on safari in Africa. Uh, we, I was drunk. We ran over, uh, it may have been a child or an animal. We're not, we're not really sure. Sh- it's soccer ball, something. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm guilty of hit and run. Uh, then there's a grand jury where I, you know, uh, I guess I ducked out on it or threatened witnesses. Then there's a rumor of an affair with the secretary. Then I'm banging her in a disabled bathroom uh, you know (laughs) on Valentine's Day. How romantic. Uh, You know, so they were, you know, have I had to play all that uh, and I didn't mind. I mean, you know, I mean uh, but there was a line also where uh, Phyllis goes, we like to go out to bars and uh, Bob, you know, I get wear something low cut and Guys, look at my cleavage, and then Bob beats him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I remember that. Mike.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. I, I mean, okay, I, I can do it.
0: <laughs> well, did you did you create any sort of backstory for the character yourself to help you inform, kind of fill him out?
1: Well, I mean, he's a salesman, right? Mm-hmm. First and foremost. So that's the guy Mm -hmm. that's the whole, why the Bob Vance fans refrigeration, he's saying it for the cameras. Right. Every time it's free advertising. Every time he's, he's doing a commercial. He, he does his own commercials. You know, he's one of those guys. Right. I mean, in my mind, he did his own commercials, right? Uh He, in my mind, he's the bet. he's the champion golfer at the country club. He, he, he wins the poker game every week at the country club. You know, he, he, he throws money around like crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he pays a thousand dollars to hug his own wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a uh, fuck you, Michael money right there yes. is what that is. <laughs> so that that's beating somebody with the big boy wallet, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had all that going. And then really the key thing was when they said, I, you know, I was, I was in vietnam i was Mm. uh, a marine corps combat infantry officer and um i know those guys i mean that's (laughs) you're a combat infantry officer marine corps combat infantry officer from vietnam you're a serious boy yeah and and that doesn't
0: and that doesn't go away
1: no ever ever not for a second ever so that guy has a lot of situational awareness which no one else in the office seemingly had <laughs> right, right right and how would michael ever scare that guy right
0: right he Even was he, he,
1: he was leading men in in the jungle uh you yeah. know trying to keep them alive i mean that's a serious guy yeah so you know uh you know and i'm 6'5 <laughs> yeah 230 well, that, that-
0: that was one so, thing I wanted. To, I wanted to ask you about it. Kind of a little off topic was that because um, I'm I'm tall too. I'm six seven. You can't see it here. So, okay. so I, I can I can sympathize uh, with with your plight. And it, it's it's nice to be tall. But I know in acting, I mean, is it harder for you to get roles because you're large, or you kind of like you're fit into roles because you're a bigger
1: guy? Well, it works both ways, obviously, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, the six, five, six, four guy is not going to be the little leading man's best friend. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't want to look up to people. They want to look down. <laughs> right. You know, right. a funny story I'll tell you about that is, uh, you know, the, uh, TV series they have now, it's called Reacher mm. and reacher is a series of novels great novels i love them it's a military policeman who wanders the country he's six foot five 250 pounds right and Mm -hmm. and everywhere he goes he kicks ass (laughs) right (laughs) because he lives by this code you know he's got this this code uh and there's plenty of bad guys wherever he goes there's bad guys so um very famous series uh lee childs is the author there's like 30 books in the series mm-hmm. right so i'm out playing golf one day in studio city and i'm playing golf with one of the uh people from tom Cruise's company mm-hmm. uh, production company uh and she says well tom is in pittsburgh right now shooting reacher <laughs> and i i didn't know about this i'm like reacher uh, Jack Reacher, <laughs> yeah, Jack Reacher. She goes, "Oh yeah, are you familiar with Jack Reacher?" And I'm like, "I love Jack Reacher. Yeah, <laughs> I want to, I want to be Jack Reacher. I am Jack Reacher. What do you mean it's Tom Cruise? Because Tom's a little guy, you know. He's, yeah, he's right. not a big man. So, cut to he did a great job in the movie. He he mm. he played the part, played the role twice, right? Uh, but the first, uh, if you watch it. The way they shoot him, and they hire people smaller than him, and they're always angling up at him, and they've always got a Dutch angle on him, and they got him padded out. I mean, he—they make him look big, as big Mm -hmm. as they can, you know. But I I remember just the shock of thinking, "Holy crap!" (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Holy crap! You know, all this time you were thinking, "Man, maybe someday I'll get a shot at." playing Reacher. <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: they give it to Tom Cruise? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: so Well, Tom Cruise, uh, they didn't give it to him. Tom Cruise said, this is what I want to do. Yeah,
0: wow. right, right. He's that's how to.
1: that goes. I yeah. mean, whatever Tom wants, Tom gets.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Now, uh, talking about uh, just acting in general, I'm sure we'll talk more about The Office, but um, you know, you sounds like you were classically trained from what i've learned about you you know um and you you actually went to acting school but what was it that kind of got you into wanting to pursue uh pursue a career in acting at all
1: an actress it's isn't that always the story <laughs> uh, well not always you know but uh in my case it was and uh, i was fortunate enough to uh fall in love with a beautiful famous actress named susan day wow. uh who was a big tv star uh from the partridge family and later la law and so uh we lived together about five years and so um I went to all her movie sets and that's where, you know, with her encouragement, she said, you can do this. So I went to the best teacher in LA and I, you know, had all these great classmates and I studied all the playwrights and learned my craft and then went out and auditioned for the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, now what, you you mentioned you learned the craft. What do you think the biggest takeaway The one thing that you think makes an actor successful as far as being, let me back up and say, you know, my view watching, I'm a a movie buff and there are the actors, you know, that you, if they're in the movie, you're excited. They're in the movie because you're going to see something, feel something. And then you got the movies, you know, where like the action heroes and the people who they're not, you're not going to get, (laughs) You're not going to get an Oscar level performance. You're just going to be entertained. Right. Right, And so, so you, you strike me as someone who's a character actor who loves the craft. What is it that is something that you uh, would say is a big takeaway for someone who really wants to be a good actor?
1: Well, I think you have to, I think you have to learn a technique. You have, it's, it's, like playing golf, you know, I became a golfer. So you have to be able to repeat your swing <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. under pressure, which you got to be able to get the take under pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that means that you've done, you do all your homework. You've got the character, you know, I mean, as time goes on, you act less and less and you, uh, because it's all done beforehand, before you get there. I mean, the Mm -hmm. preparation is there, you, Mm -hmm. you know, the character. I mean, here's a little, a fun little story. Nick Nolte, who I love as an actor, great actor, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 40 years of, of great acting by Nick Nolte. Mm -hmm. What does he do when he gets a part? Well, the first thing he does is he finds the shoes. Hmm. What shoes is this character going to wear? really that's interesting yeah Yeah, it is i mean so you know i mean that kind of goes uh you know when you're auditioning for the part you're trying to sort of dress like the character and you're you know you're trying to get as close to it as you can without really giving them the full show you know what i mean
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, uh, there's a whole technique to auditioning which is different than than playing the role right sure i mean playing the role is like you know getting to eat the the birthday cake i mean sure uh-huh. uh, that's the good part it, it's the getting it is the it's the tough part
0: mm-hmm. so so for for actors uh, like you i mean you you have a whole career i mean you've been doing it for 30 40 years uh what what was the the and i'm sure it's changed over time but
1: the oh, amount man, of auditions. big time
0: Amount of auditions you go on versus amount of roles you get. I mean, how many auditions to roles would it be?
1: Well, that depends. I mean I mean a funny story. I mean, there was one day (laughs) where I had six auditions in one day. Oh wow. Six. And so (laughs) I mean it was the craziest day ever. Because at the time I was driving a 1969 Cadillac, (laughs) which is, you know, an 18 and a half foot long car, big, big engine, just racing through L.A. And I was going from one spot, I was in the Valley, then I was in the Marina Del Rey, and then I was downtown, and then I was somewhere else, you know, all day long. And uh, every time I would get to the next one, I would just change shirts. (laughs) But I didn't get one single one of those jobs, wow. not one, not one. And, and four of them were callbacks. Huh. So, you know, I was convinced, oh, something's happened today. But a funny story happened was, uh, I was reading for the, the movie, Troy, the, mm. the, the Brad Pitt movie, mm. And that was the big deal for me to be in that casting director's office. I, I, you know, never been in that office so i was excited to be in there and it's just me and another girl sitting in the waiting room casting director comes in carrying a bunch of hot coffee uh cappuccinos and she looks at us and she goes is either one of you driving a black bmw (laughs) the girl goes i am and she goes well why are you parked in the spot that says casting directors only I'm turning. And I look at this girl, like what in the world <laughs> <laughs> have you just done to us? Because now she's mad. This casting director is furious that this girl, you know, parked in her spot and she had to carry the copies. I mean, and so she ruined the deal for me, you know, <laughs> and that happens all the time. Like you'll get a partner, uh, in commercial auditions a lot where you know there's you get paired up with people and you're like oh no <laughs> not <laughs> not this kid <laughs> yeah you know but that's <laughs> the luck of the draw you know
0: yeah well and that's the thing right like you know you're, you're obviously classically trained you've you've put in your time with the craft and i mean what do you do if you get a bad draw of someone you're working with how do you how do you manage that
1: well, you you just have to take care of your own business, and can't worry about them, and obviously you can't carry them, and you can't train them, and you can't you know change them. So just survive them.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Man. Yeah, that's all you can do.
0: Man, now is there? Um, you know, I wanted to say too. You know, you you have something that's kind of unique, I think, in that you have a very notable character that you portrayed in one of the biggest uh, TV shows of all time. But you're also a star of a cult classic horror film. So you've done both. I don't know if there's anybody else who has done both of those things. Can you think of anybody that's that's been in both of those things?
1: Oh, well, it's rare. You know, I mean, you could go back, Vince Price.
0: Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough.
1: Yeah, if we're going you know, back. Sure. <laughs> Vincent, Vincent Price, who you know basically was who i was kind of trying to steal from or emulate i mean i was uh, that would be you know the guy i worked with that had a big influence on me uh in my very first movie um i worked with christopher lee hmm. who, who was dracula uh and, and i mean christopher lee <laughs> yeah and um just a phenomenal presence, you know, six foot five, six foot four English gentlemen, I'd serve Christopher Lee, by the way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, being around that kind of level of greatness uh, and, you know, those type of villains, they relish their insanity or their evil or their crimes or their depravity. So that's all I was doing. I was just like, love it. Love your evil, love what you're doing. You know, that's yeah. and and so, uh, you know, psycho, uh, that's you know, <laughs> that's a little trickier than people would think. I mean, um, you what I really had to do is figure out how they'd be able to turn it on and off, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. click a switch. Yeah,
0: because you know, if you're if you're you, you are Stanislavski trained, which is kind of method acting, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Totally. So, I mean, oh no, no, I was into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so it's 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 one thing to method act as Bob Vance. It's another to be Officer Joe Vickers' psycho cop, right? <laughs> you know, that's, oh that's no, quite,
1: but that was when I was in my purest phase. I was a you know a knight on a white charger. I mean, you know, I I was acting. I was an actor, and I mean. I didn't hang out with the, the, I called them the victims. I mean, they were my, my, uh, co-stars in the movie, but I, I didn't hang out with them because I was going to kill them. <laughs> right. I didn't, I didn't want to be their friend. I mean, yeah. I was nice to them. I was courteous to everybody. I've always been courteous, but I didn't want to hang out with them. I mean, I would eat yeah. lunch with them, but m- mostly I stuck to myself and then just you know came out for the killing. <laughs>
0: it's just do you ever think to yourself you're like when you say things like that like i just stuck to the killing do you ever go man how cool is it that i i'm an actor i mean do you kind of pinch yourself sometimes
1: well here's the thing josh i haven't been doing it for the last three and a half years i retired i left la i'm living in west virginia now uh so i'm not in that world anymore. I mean, uh, occasionally I I interact, you know, I get to do a podcast or an interview or, uh, you know, I I still make cameos almost every day as Bob Vance, believe it or not. Uh I mean, I still play that role every day. Uh, But as far as uh, Joe Vickers and Psycho Cop, yeah, I mean, um, the great thing is a couple years ago, right before I left L.A., uh, we had a screening of Psycho Cop Returns at this new screening room in LA the place was packed. Um, you know, all these people were there and the director was there, Adam Rifkin. And, uh, so the movie was the first time we'd ever watched it in a full theater with, uh, you know, a restored version of the, Mm -hmm. I mean, the director's cut of the movie, the way it was supposed to be seen with all the violence and all the gore and you know the the most satisfying thing was all the jokes worked all the gore worked all the shock all the scares worked we you know we by the end of it we owned that audience a modern audience and we're talking about a film we made in 1993 so or was released in 93 we made it in 92 because we were in the film, we referenced the Rodney King riots. I mean, right. Joe Vickers, police officer Vickers, is beaten uh, by the crowd. Uh, we, you know, flipped the scene uh, mm. as opposed to you know the uh, Rodney King.
0: Mm. Wow! So now, uh, now that your career is over, well, let me ask: what what caused you to finally hang it up?
1: Oh it was just time to get out of LA. I was, I I was tired of it. I mean, you know, 40 years in LA is is, that, that almost sounds biblical really.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't survive and that, that's another thing I wanted to ask you, you know, as somebody who's made it for 40 years, right. I mean, made it probably differing degrees, but, but you had a 40 year career. What do you think you had that was different than all the people
1: who don't make it? Uh, uh, stubbornness, refusal to quit, you know, a, a just insane amount of belief in myself. I mean, you know, I never ever lacked confidence ever, even mm-hmm. even in the rough times. You know, when you're not working or you're not making money or you know you're not getting the parts, you you, you still have the confidence. I mean, you still mm-hmm. keep you still in the, stay in the fight because you're gonna you're gonna be up and you're gonna be down. I mean going to be wins and losses i mean it's a career i mean it's Mm -hmm. people always think of it in the short term and they see the victories right but there's plenty of defeats (laughs) right you know you're getting your you're getting your butt kicked uh, you know on a daily basis
0: yeah well and that's the thing that i think is so interesting i'm trying to you know i've got kids i have four of them and i try to talk to them uh about that and I, I think that the biggest thing that is a barrier to success is a fear of failure. And, and I, I've never really understood that. I've never understood people who are so afraid to fail that they don't even try. And it sounds like what you're saying is, is that you just weren't afraid of that. You just thought you were going to be successful.
1: Well, but I also had to learn, you know, to make a total commitment. Early on in the game, I was relying on my looks and my, you know, my natural gifts. And I didn't have to study the script. I didn't have to work hard on it. I could just roll in and do it. But Mm -hmm. as time went on, I realized, wait, this is opportunity. I need to treat this like it's, you know, my last best opportunity. Mm -hmm. So when I went in to audition for The Office, um, I was prepared. Right, right. You know, like ultra prepared, you know, right. and the, you know, as a matter of fact, uh I took a an audition technique class that mm. changed everything for me because I hadn't been auditioning correctly. Mm. And then I learned I learned this technique on how to audition correctly, and I booked in a matter of three weeks, I booked three shows. I did Boston Legal. Mm guest star on Las Vegas, <laughs> great mm-hmm. set by the way, and uh, a little TV series called The Office. Mm-hmm. And the irony is I was offered to uh, an opportunity to be the Maytag <laughs> repairman. Oh, really? Yeah. And my agents wanted me to do that. They were like, Bobby, you should take this. And I'm like, oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because they were offering, uh, they were offering a hundred thousand dollars, but that was for a year of traveling the country, uh, doing 250 uh, in-person, in-person shows or, uh, you know, greet meets in malls and whatnot. And I was like, you know, two hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. That's like that's Come like pro, that's like yeah. pro
0: wrestling dates. Yeah, uh,
1: at the end of week one, somebody's dying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I mean, you're going to read an article: Psycho Cop kills somebody in mall, and <laughs> you know, in Scranton. <laughs> oh
0: man, that's hilarious. So, um, oh, going back to the office, I had to ask you of all the characters, other than, of course. Bob Vance and phyllis who do, who was your favorite character to watch
1: oh michael scott oh yeah <laughs> of course by far yeah. uh you know uh, the rest of them were all great i mean i i can't really say oh you know i really i mean uh todd packer always made me laugh because yeah. he was in, he was in another show i mean the, the, when i i mean i was familiar with david uh, his work, but then when I walked in, I did Christmas episode, the Christmas party, my first episode, he was in there and I was like watching him. I'm like, this guy's in another show. <laughs> 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 he, he He's doing his own damn show. Everybody else is doing The Office, but Todd Packer is doing Todd Packer's show. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. Watching uh, Steve Carell do Michael Scott when you were there. Yeah. I mean, talk to me about what that was like because it just it seemed to me he's he's obviously very good with the ad libbing he's very good with uh being off the cuff i mean when you watched it was was it impressive to you as another actor to see someone do that
1: well there was very little ad libbing first of all i mean uh everything is scripted it's network approved they approve every word okay mm-hmm. so uh, very little ad living every now and then they would do it to make each other laugh. you know it was typically mm-hmm. John and rain and Steve but mm-hmm. uh Steve, you know uh I mean when you're pl- when you're the lead dog <laughs> you're he's always busy preparing the next scene right mm-hmm. he's he's got his pages out he's always working on the next scene, no matter what because he's gonna carry it. he's the funny guy he's got to be funny and that's that's an incredible amount of pressure to be Hmm. funny. I don't think people realize, (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's not easy and it never gets easier. And so a a great comic is always searching for the laugh. You know, you're not sure where it's going to land. I mean, uh, there's a lot of it in the writing, but you know, uh, that show was very nuanced and you could get a lot said in the performance. I mean, look at all that Bob was able to do with nothing. <laughs> right 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 i mean so uh just by the way you know you you carry yourself through a scene you you're saying something so um it, at the end of the day tv mm. is a writers medium but it still belongs to the actor as mm. much as they want it to be about the director and the producer and the writer it's still the actor that owns it at the end of the but you know <laughs> I mean, they can always kill you.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> right, right. You know, well,
0: well did you? That, that's something I wanted to ask. How much? Um, how how much uh, uh, input did you have in anything that Bob Vance did? Zero. <laughs> They're just like, do this or you it. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, you know, they when I saw the script, whatever little bit was in there for me to do. Or they told me stand there, do this, do that. I mean, that's you know, that's what I did.
0: Nice, yeah. Do do you, uh, you know, do you if you look on YouTube, there's always there seems to be a bunch of like outtakes of things that people did to make each other laugh on uh-huh. the Office. Do you remember ever being there and seeing something that just made you laugh, like a funny story of something someone did to just crack the the cast up or
1: anything like that? Well, I mean, when when we were shooting Phyllis's wedding, the there is a uh, 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 a deleted scene uh, where either Michael or Phyllis farts, and they blame it on each other. And they open the door, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking at the bride, and I'm mad at Michael for opening the door, and then I smell the fart, you know. So, <laughs> but the funny thing about that scene is that when we were filming it, every time Michael said there was, he had a line where he would say to Phyllis, "Oh." it's It's just so pungent <laughs> every time he said pungent, he fell apart. he couldn't say it. This went on for like a half an hour, and I'm standing outside the door waiting for him to open the door, and I'm thinking, okay, here he comes, but I would hear him break down laughing. And down below me, a floor down below, I could hear all, this, all the writers and producers. The whole staff is watching the monitor, and they're laughing at him laughing. You know, so I had it from both ends. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just standing there going, whatever you do, do not blow this steak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you you know, you have, how many SAG credits do you have? Over 100?
1: Over 100, sure.
0: Yeah. So is there a role? Well, i got two questions. One, is there a role that you would have considered like a dream role that you never got to do? And then also, what would you say, like, of all the auditions you did that you didn't get? What was the biggest one?
1: Well, um, there's a bunch of those. Uh, <laughs> the biggest one I didn't get was Moonlighting. Oh, that, I uh, Bru- Bruce Willis got that. And uh, everybody was trying for that one. And I was, I went to two callbacks on that and I was Mm. feeling cocky because I'd had a little experience with, with civil shepherd and, you know, I was thinking, Oh, this is fate, (laughs) you know, and uh, it's going to happen, but it didn't. So that was the one that, that was one that got away. Um, When I did psycho cop, when I signed, I signed a five picture deal and, I was offered a role in back to the future and yeah, yeah. And the casting director could not believe (laughs) when I turned it down, she was freaking out. She was like, you have got to be kidding me. You're turning down a part of the Robert Zemeckis, Steven Spielberg production (laughs) (laughs) for for what? What's the name of the movie? Psycho Psycho cop. You have got to be out of your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> what, of course, what role, I, what role did they want you to play? It, something to do with Biff. and oh. uh, so. I mean, to me, I, I had a five picture deal. I was gambling on me. I thought I was going to be the next Freddy Krueger, right? Sure, I, sure. I'd signed a one point two million dollar deal, so All I right. thought, you know, I've uh, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was funny. I lived next door to this uh, great actor named Steve Janes. Uh, he was a, a black action star. He was in all the American Ninja movies. And we had wow. been in Hollywood Shuffle together. And I remember coming home after signing that contract. We lived right next door to each other. And he was sitting down on the stoop. And I said, it's done. It's done. I've signed a $1.2 million deal. <laughs> <laughs> so Didn't work so what, out. Didn't yeah. quite work out that way
0: so so what happened so i know there's been two what what you know was there
1: uh with the five well the 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 producer of the picture cassie elway's he became he quit producing and he became an agent william morris Mm -hmm. now he's back to producing he's actually producing a movie with uh One of my Psycho Cop Returns co-stars, Nick Vallelonga, the Oscar winner from Green Book, they're making a film with John Travolta right now called That's Amore. Hmm. But he he left the business. He was an agent for about 20 years. So he owned the rights and he quit making them, you know. Hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, I ended up, I wrote the third one. I have a script for the third one. But, you know, I mean, it's would be great if we could do it, but they would have to. I would have to make money. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not. I'm not going to do it for free. You know, those right. those days are over. I don't do it for love anymore.
0: Right, right, right. Well, well. <laughs> so, um. By the way, another, another thing, things. The SAG strike ends ended finally. Mm-hmm. They've got a they deal in principle. How do you feel about that? I mean, I know you've been away from it for a few years, but how did you feel? Well,
1: I, I was glad to see it end. I mean, I was afraid they were going to r- uh, break the union. I, I get a pension from that union. I don't want to see anything happen to that. <laughs> right, right. So I, I, I had very selfish uh, reasons. And, you know, anytime they increase residuals, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm not really part of the streaming thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the office streams, obviously. and. Right. uh you know, I mean, that still plays like crazy. So who knew? Right. Man. Nobody know. Nobody knows. I mean, the office is singular in the uh, sense that it got way bigger after it was off the air. Yeah. <laughs> Usually yeah. when it's on the air, it's big. And then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. We got bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: You know, what's so interesting about that, because I, I, I when the office came out, I was excited because I had had some experience with the British office right and and one of the things that i thought was so interesting about the american version was because if you watch the first few episodes it doesn't really hit right it's not it's not quite there but as the first season goes on when you get to the episodes that are uh the medical plan and then the alliance you know those episodes that they start hitting their stride jim and pam that connection starts happening the work between jim and and uh, And Dwight starts really kind of mixing, and then it's the next season where uh where Michael Scott kind of becomes a little bit more personable and you get a little bit more and then suddenly it re- all the characters really start kind of finding their stride, and you become a part of that Wh- When was it that you guys kind of realized you got you
1: had something a little bit bigger? Well, when I b- became part of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, as soon as robert schaefer was on then we knew no that, that's
1: just that that was just coincidence but my first week on the show we got picked up for the rest of the year mm-hmm. well that takes all kind of pressure off right if right. you know that you're going to make 14 more episodes everybody's happy well by mm-hmm. then we were the cast was interacting on MySpace with a with fandom And we were, we began to sell episodes on iTunes, which Mm. convinced them that they had a hit, right? Mm. I mean, what saved the show in the first place, after the first six episodes, it was the lowest rated NBC primetime show in history at like 2.1 rating, Nielsen rating, was the 40-year-old Virgin. That summer Mm. was a smash hit, a $100 million hit. So they went, oh, wait a minute, Steve Carell's a movie star. Well, well, we'll get another season of it. So they ordered you know 13 of them. <laughs> so uh, they picked it up for the rest of the year. Then that year, 2006, we won the Emmy Award. Well, um, the rest of the uh, business is saying, this is the funniest show on TV. So right. now now're we're, we're feeling our oats, and you know, seasons three, four, and five and six. Are arguably some of the best TV ever done.
0: Oh, it's great! That yeah. that whole that whole p- part right there. I would say probably like the beginning of season three. I think that's the one where Michael kisses Oscar in the season premiere, mm-hmm. and then all the way up until uh, Jim and Pam's wedding. That span is just straight magic. I mean, yeah. the way that yeah. they did all that, and and having I love. Bob and Phyllis's wedding being a ripoff of Pam's original wedding, like I think that's just such a that's such a funny thing. Even even having you know the initials be the same and everything just kind of you know they literally took everything and then um uh <laughs> what's his name is band the eighties band playing I mean, that was just, yeah yeah Scrant- yeah Scrant- playing that was all just so so classic i i just i that makes me so makes me laugh so much well I love- you know
1: watching uh kevin rehearse brian rehearse uh his singing he's not a singer <laughs> right right yeah. but he had help you know i mean uh i think uh the the bass player in the in the band uh was uh one of the bass i think he was a bass player from a band called weezer a famous oh, band yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and so i mean the people around him uh the guy who wrote the theme for instance i mean they're great musicians right so they were all coaching him and helping him but still when you hit those drumsticks <laughs> <laughs> you know if you're yeah. not a singer and i'm not a singer and, and there were parts where i had to sing you know and and, and uh-huh. i always felt like oh here we go <laughs> yeah you know my confidence uh, there was some stuff where I felt like I could sing, you know uh Johnny Cash, for instance, but other times I was like, oh boy, this is not gonna be good.
0: Yeah. let me ask you so so after michael uh, Michael Scott leaves the show right, right. Leaves the office, and then they brought in Robert, california right how did how did James spader fit in with the rest of the cast?
1: well, You know, I know nothing about that season at all. I didn't do an episode in season eight. Mm -hmm. I'm not a James Spader fan, so Mm -hmm. I'm probably best not to comment on it.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. So you don't have to tell me why, but is it a, you have some personal experience with them, or you just, as far as acting?
1: Well, that would be correct.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. We'll leave it at that. I don't want you to get, you know. I don't want you
1: to no, disagree. no, I mean uh, no, there was never any you know thing between us. I mean, it oh. was just a per- my personal taste, ah, shall we say
0: oh okay. Uh, okay, okay, i mean
1: okay. I, I get it um at on one hand, <laughs> you know i when I see something I think is a little insincere, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, I have a very high bar,
0: <laughs> I
1: see. I
0: see. Well, you, you did Boston Legal. Did you have any experience with him on Boston Legal?
1: No, no, I didn't work with him on that. Uh, I I, uh, worked with uh, Julie Bowen and um, who got fired from that show, believe it or not. Still can't believe they fired her. Although she did land on her feet, I might add. Yeah, things worked out (laughs) okay for her. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, so um, did you have, uh, so how was it different? I mean, you had some experience after Steve Carell left um, in all of that situation. Did you, did you feel like there was kind of a void or a difference? Oh
1: there? Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole tone is different, you know, I mean, the energy is different. Certainly. I mean, Steve, you know, I mean, he he's the little engine that could, I mean, Kind of like if you have Kobe Bryant on your team and then suddenly you don't have Kobe Bryant. Right, right. (laughs) You know, you you miss Kobe. Yeah. You're looking around for him like, hey, where is he? Yeah. (laughs) We're we're missing him. You know, I watched his whole career. I mean, that kid really, uh, it was amazing how hard, how he worked himself into what he became, you know. I mean, the guy scored 62 points in his last game. (laughs) Right, right. Man, so, at, at forty man. years old with a bum Achilles, okay. Yeah, so, right.
0: well, let me tell you, I'm from Sacramento. I'm a Kings fan, and I know mm. that all those Laker, all those Laker fans don't acknowledge. I know that I, the rivalry is only in Sacramento.
1: I think we're but, playing you. I think we're playing you tonight.
0: Yeah, 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 and, and I got to tell you, anytime you know what bothers me the most, I got to tell you now. You got me on a Lakers rant. Is that when they come to Sacramento? the half the arena is purple and gold. I mean, you'll you'll hear you'll hear "Let's Go Lakers" in the Sacramento in the Golden One.
1: That even happens in the Boston Garden. Okay, yeah. There's still Laker fans everywhere you go. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just they're they're an international squad. I mean, you, you what they've won so many championships. <laughs> yeah, Boston too. They, I so. mean. We did punk you out of two of them up there, I must say. Yeah. Uh, yes,
0: you did. Yes, we certainly, you did.
1: <laughs> we, we certainly did. I, there was a game seven up there. I believe Shaq was calling you the Queens, uh, as oh, I yeah. recall.
0: You know you know what? Okay, so there was the game six. There was the game six that, you know, we, we have Tim Donahue saying that it was thrown
1: to the Lakers. Well, he we was the time. little picture, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: and then yeah. and then the Lakers, and then, of course – you know, the Kings just didn't play well in game seven. I mean, they, they just they lost, right?
1: They missed a lot of shots. They missed yeah, a lot of shots. Yeah.
0: But, but it was the next year in the preseason, when they were playing the preseason, when Rick Fox and Doug Christie got in a fist I,
1: fight. I remember that. Hey, is this kid playing for the Lakers, this Christie kid? Is that his son? I don't know.
0: I don't I don't know if it is or not.
1: Uh, oh, I, I mean, the Lakers have a kid coming off the bench. Max Christie is his name. Uh, big tall. I, I think he kind of looks like him. Uh, Maybe it is.
2: I don't. know. I mean, I
1: I followed Doug Doug Christie. He played at Pepperdine, so I I yeah. followed those guys. Uh, You know, he was yeah. the local team. Uh, yeah, yeah it's he, funny. He's Go great, ahead.
0: He's a great defender. I mean, Who, like Christie? watching Doug Christie. Oh man,
1: he was. Probably, yeah, I hated him though. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Well, we hated Rick Fox, so it's okay. Oh yeah, well, Rick Fox. <laughs> I
1: mean, speaking of actors, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you know, Rick Fox. Rick Fox could have used some Stanislavski training. Still could. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, uh, you know, but he's a,
1: funny. he's a pretty boy, you know, pretty boys don't have to worry about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, he's married to what's her name? Van- Vanessa Williams. Is that? He's, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he's, he's doing okay. Yeah, he's, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's doing, all right. He's doing so, all right.
0: So now, um, there's talk about an office reunion and, and, uh, you know, are you up for that? And have you been ta- called
1: about that? Oh, no, I haven't been called about it. Uh, well, sure. Sure, you would have to be right. I mean, right. Uh, but I don't see how it's possible. I mean, what do they mean reunion? I mean, uh, Greg Daniels, the executive producer, the writer, creator, uh, he was very clever at the end of the show. He, he sent everybody off on away. you know, he scattered them all to the wind. I mean, there's nobody left in Scranton at the end of it. I mean right. Bill and I were in St. Louis, I think. I, I don't mm-hmm. remember. I mean, but he made sure that um it would be really difficult to do it. And Correll doesn't want to do it, so really what's the point without mm-hmm. him doing it? Um you know, I mean the problem with it is it's almost doomed to fail. Yeah.
0: Well that's <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what I'm concerned about because
1: as it's, as impossible, a, it's impossible. It's to, impossible to turn back the hands of time here. I mean, you know, I, I, w- I was at a convention here recently for the office in Chicago. Right. And mm-hmm. so they had a picture, a banner of me up there. And there's a photo of me uh, from the show on the banner. And a kid walks up to me, looks at me sitting there. I got my beard. And he's looking mm-hmm. at the photo. He's looking at me and he goes is that you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, yep, that's me 15 years ago, son. I bet you look different 15 years ago. I said, how old are you? He's 18. I said, well, 15 years ago, you looked a hell of a lot different.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing is also, you know, one of the things that I think probably, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that made it so interesting is that other than Steve Carell, nobody was a big name. So like everybody kind of, i bet was a little hungry to get a show well but
1: you know rain was but now they are i mean john's a movie star for god's sake oh oh yeah now now they are big big time movie but
0: but i think what i what i mean is is that like you know as you grow as an actor i'm sure and as you grow as a human being you're you're probably a little bit different it might be hard to recapture that chemistry
1: you're never going to get it back i mean that's the thing it's lightning in a bottle uh i mean even as time went on you know the camaraderie of season two is completely different than the spirit of the show in season nine you know that's just how it goes um because everybody's schedule changes and the demands become more greater on everyone and everyone else has somewhere else to be you know Mm -hmm. at the beginning they were just happy to be there. Yeah. (laughs) So as time goes on, all these things change, you know, you can see on the show, the hair becomes better. The clothes become better. The makeup becomes more star, Mm -hmm. you you know, uh, although Corral wore the same suit for seven years. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was just, he was sick of that suit.
0: Yeah, I bet. Well, let me ask you, I ask you, I, I appreciate your time. And I want to ask you a few questions. I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Okay. Sure. First one, what would you say is your biggest success in life?
1: Oh, I can't. I mean, I, I guess, um uh, my career, I, I guess you'd say that mm-hmm. being a, uh, shooting 74.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Well, well, let me ask you the next question. Maybe, uh,
1: I mean, please, success. I'm happy being me that that's successful, I think. So, mm-hmm. you know, being being you, yeah, I'm happy there. with myself. So that's how you define success uh, or that's how I define it.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. What would you say is your biggest failure in life and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh, my biggest failure. Damn.
0: other than not taking that back to the future role or. (laughs) Oh, oh.
1: well, probably not marrying Susan day when I should have, you know, that Mm. was the big, that was a failure, not Mm. having kids. I mean, that was a failure. Mm. Um, But I didn't choose that life, you know, I chose a different life. So uh, Mm. everybody's got regrets when you look back. I mean, I would have been probably just as happy being a basketball coach you know, yeah. as yeah. I am being internationally known. <laughs> yeah. I, I forget that all the time. I'm like, well, wait, I'm famous. How do they know me? I'm always, <laughs> wait, how do they know me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that's got to be so crazy to just sit there and look back and go, I was on like one of the most famous TV shows of all time.
1: Well, I mean, here's what's so crazy about it. I mean, Vance refrigeration, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a closet right there just full of advanced refrigeration shirts and sweaters and hats right. and all that stuff behind you. I mean, it never stops license plates and, you know, kitty bibs and shower curtains and keychains and, you know, all of it. So the marketing of it, you never expect that to happen. I never, i I'm not really sure how much I had to do with it.
0: <laughs>
1: right. Well you did, but well, you did, right? I mean you brought I, that I, I, to your I, life. I guess I did, but you know I don't I don't think about it that way. I mean, I, I was lucky to to um be persistent, you know, to uh to be able to play a whole lot of different stuff and you know, I enjoyed most of it. Uh mm. some of it, I mean, I had a lot of great experiences. I mean, I got to hang out with you know stars and meet famous people and you know that was one of the advantages i had was that i was never uh, overwhelmed by it you know i had no knowledge of the business at all so i was a complete novice i was never uh, intimidated by fame in fact mm. I-, I was uh, dead set against it you know because it mm. interfered with uh, susan in my life i mean i hated when people would come up to us out when we were out eating You'd know, be like, mm. why, why are they bothering us? You know, leave us alone, you know, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they just, they loved her. You know, they wanted to, they wanted a piece of her. Now, you know, now that's the biggest joy that being Bob Vance gave me is that I can make someone happy just mm. by taking a photo with them or signing a piece of paper or sending them something in the mail. I can make somebody's day. Yeah. Big time. And that's, so <laughs> that's awesome that, that's the great joy that that gave me you know i mean is yeah. that ability and Man. i never thought i'd have that i mean you know it's a weird thing uh fame um i mean you're in the pursuit of it although in and of itself it's a really you know curious concept yeah
0: so last question i have for you one day down the road you're going to pass away and uh someone's gonna give your eulogy. What is mm. the one thing you hope someone says about you in your eulogy?
1: He treated everyone with kindness.
0: Yeah.
1: Pretty much. I I, I would hope that they would say that. I mean, my goal when I started out was I, I wanted when I left the set, I wanted everybody to say, Wow, what a pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never wanted anybody to go, what a diva what a prima yeah. donna i want everybody to go whoa does that guy know br- bring it or what you know yeah and so then as time went on you know as bob vance got into people's psyche then every time i went on a set a different set people were watching to see what bob vance was going to do you know so mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just turned the the light up a little bit brighter you know
2: yeah so
1: i mean it was funny because i was going to these auditions uh for instance, I went to the Cohen brothers, right? Yeah. Uh, I was, re- I was auditioning for the remake, uh, the rooster Cogburn remake, uh, the, uh, J- Jeff Bridges picture, uh, mm-hmm. John, John Wayne movie that they mm-hmm. remade. Uh, and we were, the callback was on a Sunday afternoon, which is very rare in, in Hollywood. And it was at Paramount lot and, everybody in that waiting room was the movie star <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking around at everybody. I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> and I go in the room and Ethan and Joel are in there and they're like, Oh, Hey Bobby. They're, I, I'm like their long lost friend. They know me. They're talking to me like they know me and they know my work. And I'm like, how do they know me? <laughs> <laughs> and they knew you from as Bob Vance. Well, so. who, who knows what they, yeah. what they saw. I mean, there was so much, so much uh stuff that anybody couldn't see.
0: Yeah, man. Well, that's awesome. Well, listen, uh I I appreciate the time you've given me. Uh I appreciate your work and, you know, thank you for bringing a character to life that, you know, it's it's crazy. My kids, uh, most of my kids weren't even alive when the office was on, but they all watch it and know it and they know who Bob Vance is. When I was telling well, them I'm like, I have him coming on, they were all excited.
1: Well, great. I hope I didn't let him down. Uh, And so I would tell your actress or actor daughter's uh, offspring uh, my best advice other than, you know, go to go to school and learn what you're Mm -hmm. doing. Make your own movie. Make your own movie. Make your own movie. movie. Yeah. The fastest, quickest, surest way to make your own movie. Nice. Raise your... raise your raise the money write the script put the whole thing together do it all do it all it's your movie nobody else you don't rely on anybody else i did a movie like that it's called dick dickster if you get a chance Mm -hmm. watch that It's my little take on hollywood and Uh, uh my funny take on hollywood i did a mockumentary um and uh you know i did everything on it everything everything and that's that would be my advice
0: nice are you and and doing everything on it i mean how proud of you are that are you on that
1: well (laughs) it got made
0: yeah (laughs) yeah you know
1: it, it got made so it's out there in the world i made it uh you know against impossible odds
0: yeah well awesome well, I appreciate it, uh, Mr. Schaefer. You, you're all right, Doug. I, I would tell you, you are a pro. So, uh, anybody who who's listening, subscribe. We got more stuff coming up, and thank you, Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration.
1: I appreciate it. That's what she said.
0: <laughs> nice. All right. all right.
1: All okay. right. Thanks, bud.